Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. This is episode number 92 and I'm your host Jonathan Miley. In this episode, uh, Brian and I got to sit down with the uh, leaders of Skyjoy Interactive. We were able to talk to Miguel Portilla, Alex Portilla, and Abudi Tahir. It was a great conversation, we had a lot of fun, we got to talk about their new game, Super Kit Cannon, and we were also able to get their opinions on a lot of different things, like Kickstarter, Unity, um, all that kind of good stuff. So, we really hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to find out more about Darkstation, you can do that at darkstation.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. Um, and if you want to find out more information about Skyjoy and their new game, Super Kid Cannon, you can do that uh, at the links that will be in the show notes. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this episode. On with the show. guys for joining us today on the dark cast uh really glad to really glad to have you guys on board um now who all are we talking to at skyjoy interactive um i'm alex portilla i'm a vp okay and i'm miguel portilla i'm another vp and i'm a booty teller i'm the ceo all right good deal um so we're gonna be asking you know obviously a lot of questions about your new game um uh, super Kid Cannon, uh, and so any of you that you know are more qualified to, to answer, go ahead and answer as you feel led, or you know if you want to go on tangents, anything like that, more than welcome to. You know we we want to have as fun of a conversation as we can. Uh, so my first question though, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, you guys are from Miami. Yeah. I also am one of Miami's favorite sons. So I, we're going to start this with a very important question: Are you gentlemen Dolphins fans? Where, uh, yeah, well, That's, you know, when we root for, uh, when I root for a team, it's the Dolphins. Excellent, good. But These guys the are trust me. The heat all the way, fight all the, the way. <laughs> we just had five hundred thousand people surround our office on Monday. <laughs> That's been, oh, so you guys are, are you guys downside uh, like uh, Bayside? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Much. Sorry, I'm throwing Miami lingo around, folks. Bayside is real close to Biscayne Bay. Yeah, where they at. The Triple A Arena, the American Airlines Arena, is where the Heat yeah. just won their their second finals. Yeah, awesome. All right, now we can continue, Jonathan. I just had to vet these guys real quick. That that's cool. No, no problem. Um, I mean, I'm going to a Braves game, which isn't football, but you know, that's sports. That's about all I know. Anyway, uh, I watch a lot of Braves games up there. Uh, I never go to Braves games. I care nothing for uh, for baseball uh, or really. Most sports, because I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a nerd that way. Um, but I got free tickets, uh, field side or field level um, at first base. And how do you say no to free yeah. field side? Or fe- I keep saying field side. They're all on the field. Field, uh, field level uh, tickets. So you know, that's I'm going. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think you might be surprised. You might really like it and start going regularly. <laughs> well, I've, I've been to plenty of games. I just Never really go because I don't know baseball's not my, not my thing. But if I'm gonna watch baseball, it's gotta be 
I've got to be at the field. I can't watch it on TV. Yeah, that's, that's uh, but anyway, all right. So I, I've got a question, um, and this is this is my first one, obviously, because it's the first one I'm asking. Uh, but from what I can tell of the screenshots of Super Kid Cannon, it is about a plucky red panda named Kid who fires himself from cannons in order to save a princess from a large purple hyena. How close am I? <laughs> a- am I close? Is that is that ballpark? Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, he's a, he's a snow leopard. Yeah, he's actually a snow leopard, man. Get your animals right. <laughs> no, no, you, you know what? He looks like a hyena. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does look like. Okay, wait. So the bad guy? He's a snow hyena. Snow yeah. hyena. Okay, so snow leopard. Snow leopard, leopard but yeah, yeah, we using like all kinds. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, a, a red panda is like a. Well, his his name is actually uh, Kid Cannon. His name is Kid Cannon. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Alliteration, that's always good. Yeah. Uh, and the name of the snow yeah. hyena? Who are we fighting? <laughs> He's the evil Khan. Khan. Khan's his name. Yeah. Then fire. Is Khan. Oh, that is fantastic. You have no idea how much I wanted Apple to name the most recent version of OSX, Share Khan. Oh, <laughs> sure. that, that would have just been amazing. Um, but they didn't. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, it, Kid Cannon, is he a red panda, or am I just making that up? Yes, he's a, he's a red panda. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm a genius. Uh, so, a lot of people... <laughs> no, you are. I think you're probably the first person that's ever, like, you know, guessed that correctly. Yeah, most people think he's a squirrel or a raccoon or a fox. <laughs> well, honestly, um, a couple of days ago, I saw something on 9Gag when I was at work, because who actually works at work? Um, and it was a red panda, and it was, like, trying to call up on a rail, and it kept falling off. And so I sent it to my girlfriend, who's an animal science major, and she's like, oh, it's a red panda. I'm like, what's a red panda? And immediately I went to Wikipedia and read all about red pandas and how they're absolutely not related to pandas at all, and it blew my mind. Uh, but if you guys want to enlighten us on red pandas, feel free. Tell us. The cute and furry. <laughs> You know, one of them escaped from the National Zoo just like, I think, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that, yeah. In Washington. We actually called them up and, and, and we tried offering, uh, you know, like a reward for the person that would find it. But we were too late. They had, you know, they had, he had been rescued and found before. Uh, that's sad to hear. Yeah. Um, but, uh, all right, Awesome. Uh, so, I guess we'll start off the, the, I guess, real part of the interview now. Uh, if you guys could tell us about yourself, uh, what you do at, at Skyjoy, um, when you guys started with Skyjoy, all that kind of good stuff. Okay, uh, I'll take a crack at it. Right. Uh, okay, this is Alex. Um, a lifelong gamer, lifelong game developer since I was a little kid. Um, along the way, we you know, uh, done the entrepreneurial thing, uh, worked for big companies as well, um, but I've always been involved in video games. Um, we launched uh, Skyjoy about two years ago with Moody and my brother, and uh, what do I do in this company? I don't know. <laughs> what do I don't do? I mean, I think everybody here wears many hats. Um, my, my title before VP was actually creative director, but I think... Uh, we really kind of try to foster just the game development here. Um, our team is about 13 guys now, 14 guys, right? 14 guys? 14. 14, 14 big. And so 
uh, try to control this small uh, studio into you know, making this awesome game. Awesome. All right, cool. So I guess I'll go next. My name is Miguel. Um, I'm Alex's brother, and like him, I've uh, been developing games since about the age of nine. We started back in 1980, when Commodore Vic-20, and uh, been making games ever since. On the way, we've worked with some big companies. We had uh, another studio prior to Skyjoy, but uh, in 2011, uh, got together with uh, Abudi, and we formed Skyjoy. And, you know, Skyjoy is all about not just creating the best games on iOS and Android, but also, you know, we want to kind of build a really cool universe of, of games and characters that we're going to be developing in the future. Was there anything that pushed you guys specifically towards the mobile space? Um, yeah, actually, I mean, you know, there's some factors that did push us in that direction. Um, Alex and I aren't really strangers to the mobile space. We actually did some mobile development um, back um, starting in 2004 with Brew and J2ME. It's pre-iOS and Android did. Um, and I think that um, there was a lot of cool things about the mobile space that attracted us, um, but there's also a lot of barriers that are removed for uh, small studios and indie developers with the mobile space. Like, uh, you know, you don't have to deal with the traditional old brick-and-mortar uh, um, distributors and channels and old-school publishers that um, are a little bit more um, difficult to kind of um, establish a relationship with a new studio with and uh, get a deal signed on and stuff. So a lot of those barriers are kind of removed with the iOS App Store and the Google Play Store where you can kind of, any, any you know, anyone in their underwear can actually really just create a game and put it on there, right? So yeah. I saw it. Approval uh, process used to be hell, actually. Yeah, and, yeah. and very expensive and timely. And, and you know, so I, I think that that's part of the reason we chose multiple space. But uh, I think that the mobile space is also really, really exciting for us because, uh, you know, we think that it's definitely going to become probably the world's largest gaming platform, um, if it isn't already. And, um, you know, it's, we see it growing, evolving faster than any other gaming platform, mainly because of the hardware iterations are so fast. Um, technology just keeps getting so much better so quickly. Um, but... You know, there's something really cool about having a portable computer in your pocket where you can play a game anywhere at any time. Definitely. You can't really do that with any other platform. So we kind of like that. And it's connected to the Internet. I mean, what more do you want, right? <laughs> yeah, you can get a fix at any, anywhere. So I'm VP here. I'm more on the technical side of things. You know, I kind of lead the engineering. Um, and Alex is more on the artistic side. And uh, together with the booty, we, we creatively, um, you know, manage the, the studio and the project we're working on, which is Super Kid Cannon. Very cool. So, uh, hi, this is the booty. Hi, booty. Hi. <laughs> so I'm the CEO here. Um, I actually do not have a, a background in games. Uh, my background is in petrochemicals and construction chemicals. I used to work in the family business back home in Saudi Arabia, but um, one day I just decided that wasn't for me. It was. It has always been a, a dream of mine to actually open a video game company. Mm -hmm. So I left everything behind and I just came here and just took a shot. Um, I met Alex and Miguel and we built a strong relationship and together we managed to build this company and, and yeah. this great game. But Abu is a, 
a lifelong gamer though. Part oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. An extreme gamer. Yeah. An extreme oh, gamer. <laughs> Please well, tell me more. Yes. <laughs> you know, Abuti plays games on on mobile devices and consoles and PCs all the time, every day. So, so you know, not a lot of gamers do that. A lot of gamers usually stick to one or two platforms and certain genres. But he, he pretty much spans them all. I always try to see what's out there. You know. Absolutely. So what I do here is you know. As a CEO, I, I manage the company and mm-hmm. make sure everyone's following uh, the vision that we created. I think uh, the three of us have, uh, we run the company in a very, uh, in a way where we try to involve the team and involve, uh, um, uh, let anyone put their opinion into the game. And I, we think that's very important uh, because it, it allows uh, creativity to be added into the game from other, other sources, not, not just one, one person calling all the shots. Very Absolutely. Cool. So you kind of you kind of keep it streamlined while also making sure that everybody has their own kind of voice coming into it. Exactly. I think one of the examples we have is that uh, every character in our game was created by a person, uh, a team member. Okay. From scratch, they they created whatever they wanted. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So everyone's got to say not just that, but I mean, like in an on, you know, it's it's ongoing every day. It's evolutionary, and like you know we. We've got our morning meetings. We practice Scrum here at the office, but like in a in a very loose way, we we often go into company wide discussions on how things should be done or designed, and um, I think that often that leads to a lot of really good ideas, and we implement them. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Sometimes we've got to rewrite them over and over and over again. We're all about trying to make the best game, so um, you know we spend a lot of time. Uh, designing every little detail and rewriting it and testing it and criticizing it and analyzing it and doing it again. But it's yeah. all part of the fun. Yeah. Very good. That that sounds awesome. Um, so you said that there are 14 of you, correct? Currently yes. at a schedule? All right. Yeah. 14 of us. Four engineers, uh, four engineers, uh, two two artists, two level developers, uh, marketing, office manager, us, uh, tester, uh, and, yeah, a full time tester as well. Um, he does focus testing for us as well. Goes out and actually talks to people and you know forces our game on them. It goes <laughs> play and, uh, and gets uh, opinions. You know, yeah, and office manager, yeah. <laughs> How big? Mentioning focus testing, I mean, there's been a lot in the news, especially around like uh, um, Insomniac and that game Fuse that came out. That uh, there was such a drastic shift from when they announced it to when they released it, and a lot of people thought that focus testing had a lot to do with that. Um, since you mentioned it, how much how, how much does the opinions that you get actually influence kind of the way you go with the game? Well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't doubt that it it, it could have greatly uh, changed that game. Uh, I think, you know, people do focus testing differently. Like, we, we try to incorporate focus testing from day one. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just view it, view it as an extension of our team. Um, because if we're making a game in a void, you know, and, uh, and nobody else likes it, then, you know, we're not, we're not going to be making games. Tomorrow, so everybody likes has to like. Oh, it. absolutely! Um, yeah, no, no, for sure. I, 
I think there's different types of focus testing. Like, yeah. and, and we've done different types as well. Um, with with SkyJoy, the kind of focus testing that we're actually doing is more of like a what we call basically like guerrilla street focus testing. Um, so often, a lot of studios will go out and they'll hire like a third party focus testing company to do some of the focus testing for them, or you know they, they hire people off the street to kind of come into their studio and kind of record them and make them take questionnaires and. And what happens is that if, if you're getting paid or, or, or um, if you're coming into a studio, you know, I think a lot of people might be reluctant to kind of give them their true opinion or be frank, right? Because they're getting paid, they're inside someone's office, they could be intimidated, they may not be completely honest. So I think that if you do it out in the street and it's just one person sort of um, casually approaching someone in the street and asking them to play a level for just a couple of minutes... And then what we do is um, we have our tester actually give them, hand them an iPad, let them play it, and over his shoulder he kind of records them with an, with an iPod. Um, and then we take that video back, you know, to the office after we collect 10 or 15, and then we, we play it on the big screen, and we all kind of sit there and pause and resume and kind of criticize or analyze what's going on, you know, with the gameplay and also the comments that the people give, you know, um, I think that that works a little bit better, um, and we do spurts of that. Sometimes we can't do it because we're in non-compiling states and our build's just not ready to hit the street. But when it is, we, we go out and we take those. And You know, I think we, we've got really strong design opinions, and I think a lot of game designers do, and, and they, they'd love for the world to love those design um, decisions, but often reality and those decisions are, you know, they clash. And I think that you need to kind of really consider... With the public, what your public, how your public feels about the your design and your game, and and you do have to make tweaks and adjustments, you know, according to that feedback. So, so real talk, how does South Beach feel about Super Kid Cannon? Um, well, you know, to be honest, we haven't really hit South Beach. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick question. They don't like electronics down there. <laughs> I think when we do hit South Beach, we're gonna have to do it in a thong. But uh, absolutely, you yeah. guys spoke about doing it in your underwear. I know it's hot down there. I've lived it. So you know, <laughs> working in your underwear—that's not working in a thong. That's not surprising at all. Yeah, we're, it's a sausage party, man. We're in our underwear right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing that camera was off. <laughs> I told you, Jonathan. I was gonna say that's that's why we don't do video interviews. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think um, we've made some presence here in Miami, and uh, part of our goal here is to um, to really just kind of help kick off uh, video gaming industry in Miami. Miami has almost zero uh, video game developers here, and we think it's just an awesome place to live, um, and there's no reason why there shouldn't be. Um, so... But uh, as far as uh, South Beach, no, I think they're more interested in beer and bikinis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can confirm that they are. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But, you know, yeah. focus yeah. testing, that's probably not. Focus isn't a strong word. Though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, we had a guy. We can go about it. Yeah, we'll go on out there. He wasn't focusing. Yeah. yeah. He's not with us anymore. But. <laughs> He used to really not focus. <laughs> yeah, the bars distracted him a little bit. Yeah, while 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 trying to get some of that focus testing in. 
so you said you haven't really hit Miami. Who have you gone to to, to do testing so far? Well, we haven't hit South Beach, but we have hit Miami. We, we actually have hit, like, um, the downtown and Brickell area in Miami. Okay. We've hit some of the shopping schools. Malls. We've hit shopping some, malls. Yeah, some of the shopping malls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, you know, we've got some. We, we've got our mass commuter train here called Metro, and Metro can kind of get you to a lot of the hot spots in Miami or a lot of the big malls. And um, so we've done, like, some of the universities. We've done UM, Miami-Dade. We've done um, FIU. Those are all schools down in Miami. Um, and we actually have some, like, uh, um, very young uh, schools, plans for the near future we want to do some elementary schools uh, um and get some uh feedback from the, from the really really young kids although we think that's gonna be easy because the, it's they've been very highly receptive to our game the graphics and the gameplay yeah so the the, the young kids love it but it, you know the college kids too i mean uh they, they they're really excited about it especially miami dade uh, the kids of miami dade uh you know they're born their teens and early 20s but um, we used to go down on a regular basis. Uh, they're they're actually pretty excited about yep, the game. Yeah, and we did yeah. college. That's right. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. But you know, just let me just add that, like when we do our focus testing, we actually try to. So we're we're trying to hit a pretty wide audience. You know, we're trying to get feedback from a lot of different people, um, ranging from ages like five to like sixty-five. So. Um, it, it's, I mean, sometimes you can do that with schools and malls, but sometimes it's a little bit more difficult when you're trying to get, like, the older crowd, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're approaching them with an iPad in the middle of the street trying to get them to play a, a game, you know? Um, you know, there's that there's that certain threshold right now where, like, I don't know what it is. I don't want to say what it is, but it's definitely over a certain age. Like, there are people that were born playing games, you know? And Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah they're not as receptive as the, the younger generation's. Yeah, I, I, sure. I completely envy my son. I mean, he's he's two right now. I've got another one that's on the way, and I mean, they're gonna they're gonna grow up in a time where that that kind of thing is is so standard um, that that's that, that it's gonna be constantly ingrained in them. So I mean, I'm kind of envious of that. I you know, yeah. it, it just started when I was younger. I'm I, I'm I'm 31 right now, so yeah, I was kind of I got to kind of grow up with it as it's expanded. But they're they're coming in, and I mean. You know, there's that video that went around a couple of years ago of the little girl who had the iPad that was, and then was given a magazine and was wondering why the magazine wasn't flipping like the iPad did. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I, so. kind of, well, I have an eight-year-old yeah. son, and I, I, I completely see that with him every day, you know. Um, what what kind of, have you guys, I, I mean, I, so you guys, you went to Miami, you wanted to, to expand... Uh, you, you want Miami to be known as a gaming center. Did you guys work on any kind of games before starting uh, Skyjoy? I know you guys, I, I, uh, the the two Portilla brothers, um, you guys had, you know, kind of mobile stuff in the past, but did anybody have any game experience before you guys jumped into this? Um, sure, yeah. Uh, we, you know, previously, we had a, another company called Cobros, P as in Peter, O-B-R-O-S. Uh, for Patia Brothers, and I think the first around 13 titles with that, and that was in the casual. Um, before that, I was at EA, and I, you know, I worked on a few Madden's, Tiger Woods, uh, Lord of the Rings, and uh, James Bond, and, uh, and a few other smaller titles as well. Um, so yeah, before that, uh, Activision, Camilla's Big Game Hunter, um, and before that, we had another company. It's called GameSpring. We actually did a uh, another game called uh, Dungeon Craft, 
that was uh, sort of influenced by StarCraft. Okay. Um, so, yeah. you guys got the, the game pedigree in the background. Um, what what was the influence for the art style of this? I mean, the, the first time Jonathan thought saw it, the first thing he thought was Don Bluth. Um, I got a kind of strong, kind of like Hanna Barbera vibe from it. Um, where 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 did you guys kind of go? Where did it come? Where the uh, the the kind of cartooniness come from? Well, Nintendo. Uh, yeah, uh, right. iterative process. Um, you, you you maybe start shooting for one direction and uh, end in, in, in another. Um, we've kind of uh, we've pretty much redrawn everything at least three or four times. Um, the character uh, designer that we have, the character artist, uh, he actually has some experience with uh, Nickelodeon. But, you know, I think that Don, Don Bluth is one of my favorites. I love Don Bluth. Uh, I think, yeah, there's some definite influence here uh, with Don Bluth. Uh, maybe subconsciously, I don't think I was thinking about that. But we're all big Disney fans as well, which, of course, Don Bluth is part of. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, you know, we love Nintendo, we love Disney, we love companies like that. Uh, it, we love the quality. So, you know, a lot of times when we ask ourselves, well, how do you do this? Well, how, how would Disney do it? You know, so we study a lot of what they do. Uh, they've been doing it for a long time and very successful at it, and they're awesome. So they're kind of our mentors. So I, th I think it's a mix. I think there's a, a bit of um, Disney influence and a bit of Nintendo influence in there. Um, Maybe a little bit more leaning towards the Disney side on the actual aesthetics of the characters and such, but I think that overall gameplay and gameplay elements a little bit more Nintendo-ish. Yeah, definitely. Of course, we did try to stick with our own style. Um, we didn't want to, yeah, rip off anyone, but yeah, we think we think we have something unique. Oh, absolutely, and I mean, especially looking at it like the. Uh... The pictures, and you guys mentioned that it's a it's a vertical launcher. Um, is that kind of like the vertical equivalent of a of a runner? Um, I saw you guys had this huge printout of like a, a forty page level or a, or a forty page launch. Um, what's what's kind of the deal with that? Where's uh, it, what's the simplest explanation you give as far as how this going to work? It's not an endless game, that's for sure. Um, okay. So it, you can kind of think of it as sort of a. Um, a platformer, but it's a vertical platformer. But you don't you don't really go on platform, you know, left and right and jumping around. You, you go from cannon to cannon, um, and it's uh, it's a very simple mechanic. So that's basically where where we, where we got that from the vertical launcher. Uh, the, the, I don't think there's any other game uh, right now that even resembles this gameplay. There's a lot more to it. I mean, yeah. it, that's the, the very simplified version. There's a lot more to it than just jumping from cannon to cannon. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of cool game mechanics that you encounter as you progress through the levels in the, in the five different worlds. Um, they do progressively get more difficult and challenging. But there's like, for example, in World 2. So let me just say that not only are you playing vertically, but you're also ascending. Like, you, you start off at ground floor in a forest, and then that's World 1. World 2, you're at the bottom of a mountain, and then you make your way up to World 3, which is actually the, the peaks of the, the mountain. And then once you get past World 3, you enter into the sky world. So and as, as you continue to ascend, you, you make it to the fifth world, which is basically orbit, or you're, you're getting into space. Um, so, not only, so not only is the gameplay 
vertical, but the actual narrative is vertical as well. Exactly. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. And, and there's a lot of cool game mechanics. It isn't just launching from one cannon to another and, and timing that. It's there's a lot of like sort of puzzle solving skills that you need to have in order to get past many of the sections of the game. But there's cool um, there's other there's other vehicles that you ride aside from cannons. I mean there's bubbles that you jump in and and you move up through the world. There's mining carts that, that you ride on rails, and you've got to jump from one mining cart to another. There's a ski lift that you, you also have to ride up the mountain and jump from one ski lift to another, and it back into cannons, and from cannons back into ski lifts. Um, when you get into the, um, the, the fourth world, the sky world, you actually ride a cloud to get you uh, past certain sections of the level. And um, in the last world, you actually get to ride a UFO to get past the... A lot, you know, big portions of many levels. So it isn't just cannons. And yeah, not just is, is Kid Cannon trained in all of these things, or is he improvising as he goes along? He is. You know, um, I think like like any new superhero is going to improvise a little bit. But I mean, you know, he's got super abilities. Yeah, and, and he's got those goggles, so you know he means business. I mean, he's not just doing this off the cuff. He, he knows the, what he's doing. I think means yeah. business. Those things are not just for looks. Man. So, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, one thing that we were very keen on is, um, you know, his expressions throughout the game. He's always got um, a very determined look, a very, you know, I'm going to get it done look, I'm going to kick ass look. So, uh, for most of it, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this, Mofo, you know. So, it's pretty cool. I'm just curious, what what kind of what steered you guys towards the uh, the the kind of princess in peril thing um, with you know kid kid going after I, I is it uh, his girlfriend his uh, his fellow is it like another fellow red panda um, to save from this the uh, to save from the evil super snow leopardy hyena thing. Come on, man! Come on! Come on! Does okay? So again, getting to real talk, does Kid Cannon ever yell "con"? You know, very spotlight. <laughs> I will get you. I think there's a lot we can say about that, but honestly, we, we all kind of gravitated towards that universal story that um, everyone understands anywhere. Um, and it, it's a successful story that's been done over and over, not just in video games, but in movies and books and every other form of media. And, it's simple to understand. Um, we don't have to bog down the player with a long story, which, which to be honest, probably wouldn't work very well in mobile. Like, um, I, I don't think that you, you'd be able to really uh, present a whole bunch of uh, narrative to, to a player in the beginning. They're just going to want to skip through it and get that right to the action. So we, we kind of do have an internal story for the game and characters and, and, and vials on each of them, but... It's not like our intro story has no text in it. It's all depicted visually. It's just one, one frame. One frame. You see Khan um, taking uh, Justine in his arms and Kid Cannon, you know, uh, kind of chasing after him. Uh, once there's a one, we have one second rule. Yeah, one second rule. If you don't understand what's going on in one second, it's then it fails. So mm. you, you got to understand okay. what's going on and grasp everything that that needs to happen. You know, you know, in one second. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a good it's a good story. It's a universal story that everyone can relate to, and um, and like, and it would get get it across easily and quickly, and it works. And it could work for Donkey Kong. I think it work. It'll work for us. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, but when when we get into outer space and we save Justine, is there going to be a little alien up there that says, I'm sorry, your girlfriend <laughs> is in another UFO? Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to have to get <laughs> No spoilers here, Jonathan. Come on. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get the hot scoops, man. Come on. That's right. Hey, no, we gotta try. So is we're going in UFOs. Is the space is the space Snow Leopard? Is he an alien? <laughs> to wait and see. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, now, now you got me. All right. Now, now we need. To now, know. now you're interested. Um, that one second rule. That's all you had to say. To wait and see. Done. <laughs> um, so since uh, Kid Cannon will be going and in, up into space, um, will there be changes to the mechanics? Will you know gravity have an effect on things? Or I don't even know if you guys are to that point yet. Um, but is that is that going to be more than aesthetic changes? Yes, it is actually. It's a very good question. Um, so gravity does change. There's a lot, whole lot less of it in the fifth world. It's the exception. Um, we feel that, but there's a lot of gameplay. Let me just begin by saying that that, that what we refer to as scrolls, which is that long piece of um, paper that you saw rolled on one of the photos, we our level designers actually drew out the levels by hand first. Um, we thought that that was a, a, a crucial part of the level design process. And these things are long. I mean, um, we really want to get some better picks up of, of, of uh, these scrolls because the the beginning world, the beginning levels, I mean, they're only like, they start off at six or seven feet, but then when you get to the later world, these things are like, you know, 40, 50 feet long. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of gameplay. Um, and I think that by the time they get to World 5, um, unless you ha- somehow cheated, <laughs> you're going to be a pretty <laughs> good player, you know? And I think the adjustment and less gravity um, is going to be fun, and mm-hmm. it's going to be different. Um, and yeah, there are there, there's some slight different game mechanics. Like for example, when you get into the UFO, um, you actually control a UFO. It's still a very simple mechanic. Like you basically tap on the screen to control its its uh, thrusters. Um, and there's things in the level that can kind of help guide the UFO along. But um, I think that it's all just gonna um, sort of be fun, a fun experience for the player when they get to that last world and they weren't expecting that the gravity changed and they bounce around and float around a little bit differently than they, they had been previously. Cool. I'm excited. <laughs> I have two, man. Where can I get this game? <laughs> well, you brought it up. Where are we getting this game? I mean, you know, we're, we, we're, we could buy it right now, right? This is... No, no, no. It says, it says fall. Yeah, you gotta string me along some more. I gotta wait. Well, I mean, currently you can only get it in the China flea market. <laughs> okay, uh, alright. Other than that, in Q4 sometime. Yeah, we're looking at Q4, but you know, our our model from the beginning has been that, like, you know, we're all about quality, and we don't want to release before it's done. So we're making sure that the game is perfect before it's published. Pack date. Yeah. But we can't say that it will be Q4, though. Okay. Uh, you guys said you'd worked in mobile previously. Um, was there anything else outside of just the, the, the ease um, of, of doing this and this kind of vision that you wanted to do 
Um, did you ever think of going anywhere else, like doing it on, you know, doing a, a PC release on Steam, or even going kind of a, a like the console marketplace? I think we think of all things a lot. Of things. <laughs> Everything's in the eight ball. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, we love console, we love PC. Um, I think we play a lot of PC games, um, so we always toss around ideas. But I think for for this, this is the right fit for us. Team size for the team that we could build, um, yeah, and you know we're putting our hearts into this. Yeah, I mean, like if it, if the if the platform makes sense, we'll we'll do it. Yeah, right now it's it's Android and iOS makes sense for us, so we're doing those. But you know we're, we are using um, Unity to develop the game, and that kind of allows us to to port to other platforms quite easily. In fact, we do a lot of in-house testing on a on a huge monitor. Um, in our rec area, it's like a 50-inch monitor, vertically, you know, uh, aligned, and we play it by clicking on a mouse. Actually, so it can it can be played, you know, on a PC, um, and I'm sure it could also be done on a console. So who knows? We might we might just port to those other platforms as well. Is this is this? Uh, you mentioned testing, you know, doing the focus testing and stuff on an iPad. Is this uh, like an iPhone as well? As like a uh, phone uh, the phone market too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. all iOS devices, all, all iPads and iPhones um, from the 3GS upward, uh, and all Android tablets and, and smartphones as well. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Um, now, you just mentioned uh, Unity, and basically everyone that we have talked to in the past, what, six months, uh, except yeah. for one guy um, who wrote his own engine because he's crazy. Um, everyone else is using Unity. What what drew you to Unity? Well, you know, we didn't really we didn't originally begin with Unity. Actually, we, we've actually shifted um, technologies a couple times. Okay. Prior to Unity, we actually spent at least I'd say oh probably close to six months developing the game in Coco's 2DX using C plus plus. Um, the reason I think we finally ended up shifting to Unity was because, um, well, number one is that Unity actually got, within the last year, they got more support for making uh, 2D games, um, which they, they they didn't really have before. I mean, there was always support, and you can do it, you can, you can do it but there just wasn't the, the kind of support that you have today, which makes it a lot easier. Um, the the, the, one of the reasons that compelled us to switch to Unity also was that, um, you know, we were with Co- with some of the other technologies that we looked at and we used, like such as Coco CDX, we were, um, you know, porting to, we were actually developing for iOS and um, porting it over to Android um, was very doable, but, but it required a lot of time and more work, so you, you actually have to, you know, install different IDEs and... Um, software development packages and there's all kinds of little technical barriers in the way that you'll experience and, and that'll basically happen for pretty much every other platform that you'll, you'll try to port to and you know we kind of figured like well you know we're spending a lot of time doing this when we really should be spending that time making the game not wrestling with you know some of these um, barriers technological barriers that are really not that important um, so Unity kind of solves that for us. You know, Unity basically takes care of a lot of those dirty details that no developer really wants to spend their time on. They'd, you know, they'd rather 
it's spend that time designing and making the game. So um, that's one of the reasons. Also, development speed on Unity is actually much faster than developing um, a game in C++ or um, other engines out there, simply because like, Unity um, is a rapid development tool um, in the sense also that it, it's an integrated IDE and sort of a WYSIWYG. Um, so you're, you have like this editor and um, development environment all combined in one, and the entire team gets to work with the same application. They're not working with different apps. You know, everyone's working with Unity. Artists, you know, level designers, artists are all working the same tool, so that it's easier for them to kind of help each other out and um, be on the same page across the board of everything. Yeah, actually, you know, I think that uh, it really helps the synergy of the team. It really does. Because, it, like Mickey said, an artist could be on Unity because he could be, um, you know, putting assets in art assets and stuff. So it's kind of cool that they're all in the same environment. Yeah. They really relate better. It's, it's a really, it's a big plus. Um, before, you know, you'd have uh, different tools and utilities and editors and some people knew how to use them in the company, but others didn't, so they couldn't really um, help each other out on that. Um, the the, the uh, art paths and stuff like that and just asset paths in general were kind of complicated. And, you know, Unity kind of helps get rid of all, a lot of those issues. And who wants to spend their time doing that, right? I mean, really, we should just be focused on the actual uh, game design creation, you know, refinement, not wrestling with, you know, getting assets into the engine. Sure. That, that sounds awesome. Um, now, you mentioned, you know, how much easier it makes it to, you know, work between um, having you know, your iOS version, having your Android version. Uh, but you said that it is going to be compatible all the way back to the uh, iPhone 3GS and basically every Android. What, what is it like trying to develop a game uh, to scale that many different um, hardware sets? Um, it's, I would say the most challenging part is making sure that we get um, acceptable frame rates on the low-end devices. So it's really easy to develop for like the iPhone 5 or you know, a Samsung Galaxy S4. Mm -hmm. They have, like, excess horsepower and beautiful screens, and there's no problems there. But, you know, the 3GS can be challenging, um, and so can the iPad 1, for instance, or early ta uh, Android tablets. Oh, it's going to work on the iPad 1? Yes. Wow, yeah. stuff still works on the iPad 1. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works on the iPad 1, and it actually works on the iPad 1 quite nicely. We get around, we get in the mid-50s. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, every other device, we're, we're locked on a solid 60 frames a second. But on the iPad 1, sometimes it'll dip to 50. But we when, when that happens, we, we look at um, our profiler and um, optimize along the way because we, we, we don't like it when it drops below 50 frames a second. We want our frame rates and our animations to be creamy and silky smooth. So. Sure. And we've, we've actually done that on the iPad 1. Um, the, you know, there's some things that we need to sometimes uh, kind of address, like um, less particles, particle systems on, on a lower device like an iPad One, or um, of course you mentioned the graphics sets; they they have a, a lower resolution than like an iPad Three or Four. Mm -hmm. But um, to be honest, it's really not that difficult to do if you have your project set up properly and something like Unity. 
some issues too with screen sizes, you know, some proportions, but it's really not that big a deal. Okay. Um, so, uh, I assume you guys have access, since you're developers, to iOS 7. Any thoughts there? Just, you know, randomly? I mean, iOS 7 looks promising and everything, but I think um, it's it's too it's too new. You know, we're not going to, um, you know, we're, we do want to hit a lower common denominator. I don't know. I, I can't really talk too much about whether or not, you know, I what, what kind of part iOS 7 is going to play in our development. But um, I think, like, 6 offers everything we need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Including, you know, social integration to things like Facebook. So, we're we're happy with with the current uh, level of technology. Okay. Um. So obviously, it will be compatible with earlier versions of iOS, though, uh, since it's going to be on the 3GS and iPad One. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we when we first began developing, actually, we were on iOS 4.x. The game runs on five, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a, we've got mixed devices in for in house for testing, some iOS six and some five. I think we may even have an older four, and it runs fine on all of them. Okay. Uh, what about Android? Since there are a crazy amount of <laughs> operating system versions there, uh, do you have a cutoff? Yeah, there is. It's going to probably be Gingerbread two three two point three four. Okay. So, um, which still includes a large portion of Android devices out there. Mm-hmm. All right. It looks great on the Galaxy. It's awesome on the Galaxy. Good oh, deal. Like, like S4s? Yeah, S4s. Nice, yeah. nice big screen? Yeah. Is, is, that the, is that the five and a half inch screen? Or is yeah. that the five inch? I think it's five. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, I bet, I bet a lot of things look really good on that, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you guys were not funded by Kickstarter, which is kind of a big deal in today's market that you're not funded by Kickstarter. Uh, what, what do you think of the whole movement towards like crowdsourcing? Um, yeah, obviously, we're, we're kind of moving away from talking about just uh, Super Kid Cannon and just, I don't know, some of your thoughts about the industry and stuff like that. But what do you think about Kickstarter? Uh, would you consider... Uh, doing a Kickstarter for this or a future project? Yeah, you know, that's kind of a big question. Um, it's um, it's something that we've actually considered. Uh, okay. But in the end, Kickstarter is, is one of these things that it's, it seems that it's, it's, there's a lot of effort and work that goes behind some of the, you know, some of those uh, successful campaigns like Dolphine or, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, you know, I mean, they're like, the Golden Boy story, but there's so many other campaigns that have failed. Oh yeah, that have had you know uh, potential, you know, like good potential for great games. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to you know venture and spend a lot of energy into something that was risky. It, you know, it's really risky, um, and to do it right, it really takes an enormous amount of effort. You have to, if you look at the double fine stuff. Um, those videos are awesome. I mean, they're just you know ex- produced excellently. You know, it's, it's the, on a professional level. Mm-hmm. The amount of work that goes into setting up the pages for that, and then uh, keeping in touch with you know everybody, uh, you know constant updates, and um, you know and responding to, to to everybody that's giving you feedback. It's it's almost like uh, one of these live shows that 
you know, people are on the phone, getting the phone calls, and, you know, right. trying to, like, we got to make it to a million dollars, guys. So you would rather get a telephone? It. Yeah, like a telephone. You know, it's, it's, it's very similar to that. So it's, it could be hit or miss, and we didn't want to get that spend it developing an awesome game. Yeah, I, I mean, we all think Kickstarter is amazing. We love it. We think it's great. We're, we're completely behind Kickstarter and crowdsourcing. I think crowdsourcing is, like, you know, it's great in so many different ways. I think it's going to, it's um, changing, um, it's helping change the landscape a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think, for the first time in, in, in our short gaming history, um, you, you've got the ability for people, the public, to have a voice, right? And kind of, kind of say, well, th- yeah, this is the kind of game we want, and support it and back it and, and make it a reality. That's, that's never really happened before. Um, and that's exciting. That's pretty cool. Like, uh, we just uh, met up with um, Richard Gary, not too long ago at South by Southwest, and he got his Kickstarter project going with Shroud of the Avatar, and that was successful. Mm-hmm. It's being built. But like Alex said, it's like, um, to, to people that may, may not know, I mean, Kickstarter projects are a project <laughs> in their own right, right? They require a massive amount of work. Um, and planning and upkeep and you know you, you got to be on top of it and, you, and you've got a very short limited amount of time to, to pitch and sell an idea and convince a lot of people to, to back you and, and that's not going to happen by just putting up a page with, with you know and pleading you, you basically got to make those videos and edit them and put them out there and, and drive traffic to Re- your project reach out to the media yeah, yeah reach out to the media and do a lot of interviews and you know, it's it's a lot of work, and I think at one point we did consider it, but there was a couple of barriers with Kickstarter for us. One is there there aren't a whole lot. Well, at least when we looked at, there weren't a whole lot of mobile like um, games on Kickstarter successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was and, and there's a reason for that. I think it's I, I may be wrong on this, but and I probably am, but I think that a lot of the Kickstarter projects that are PC based, you know, one of the great things that the backers get is they get a free copy of the game, but that's a little bit more difficult to do when you're like on iOS. Um, sure. So you, you can't really reward the backers as easily as you can with like a PC project. That was one of them. And the other was just the, the when we started really giving it thought, you know, it was like as Alex had mentioned, the, the amount of work that it would really require to make that project successful. Um, and, you know, we, we thought that it would kind of... Um, he tore us there a little bit from what we were currently doing, which is working on Super Kick Cannon. So maybe in the future we'll revisit the idea. We'll, we'll see. It's it's not off the it's not off the table, and we love Kickstarter, and we, we'd love to somehow be involved. Cool. Well, good deal. Um, <clears throat> now the uh, you know one of the successful Kickstarter campaigns was the uh, Ouya Android console. Um, that recently just launched to the public. Have you guys been able to play with one of those? We actually have one right here. Oh, very cool. Um, so, uh, since that is Android, do you have any interest in pursuing, maybe, developing yeah, for that? Quite possibly. Like, um, Unity actually has a, a, a path where you can actually uh, publish to Ouya. Um, okay. It's one of the platforms that we're definitely keeping an eye on, and, and we might bring, you know, Kid Cannon too. Um, it's something that it's on our roadmap internally, and we'll look at once we're done with Android and iOS. Sure, sure. Um, what about the uh, the Game Stick, the other Android console? 
<laughs> yeah, the game stick. That's the lesser expensive one, I believe. It's like yes. That. Yeah, it's, it's the one that is uh, it's powered by HDMI. It, it's the basically thumb drive size console that yeah. just plugs into the TV. You know, I, I gotta say, like speaking from a you know just like from my geeky side, I think it's awesome. You know, it's like it's even cooler than the Ouya in a lot of ways, right? It's like a, it's it's a little console you can stick in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And carry around. How awesome is that? You know, and plug it into any TV and start playing. Um, but honestly, I haven't really looked into like its capabilities or you know what can it really you know what how do you publish to it? How do you work with them? We haven't looked at any of that. But okay, I wish the best. I think it's a really really cool idea. And the same with Uya. I mean, again, those guys are kind of bringing a lot of newness to the landscape and kind of stirring the pot a little bit, you know, and challenging the, the old, you know, the established players in those industries, and I think that's great. All right, and so I've got one last question uh, kind of geared towards that. Uh, being the recent procurer of a Windows phone, i got to ask. The, no, no, Rom, uh, one of our other writers, he has one, and a guy that I work with has one. So there's three right there. Uh, <laughs> but any interest in maybe... Pursuing that? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, we we've actually asked um, Unity about that, and they have mentioned that they will be supporting um, the Windows Mobile phones, um, and it should be happening sooner rather than later. But so we can't really officially um, declare that we'll be publishing to the Windows phones uh, um, until we're fully confirmed with Unity that you know. We will be able to. Sure, uh, I'm. I'm just asking because you know, obviously, personal interest, and I think you know, you made a sale there. Uh, if it does come to the Windows Phone, uh, so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Windows Phones look great. I mean, they, they, you know, Microsoft I think has done a really nice job with the UI in those phones. Yeah, I like it. You can, anyway. you can stop lying to them now, guys. <laughs> All right, it sucks. <laughs> Uh, I think they're really speedy, and, and like you said, the UI is great. Yeah, yeah. When the, when the RT tablets came out, we actually uh, got a couple of those in-house, and we played around with them, and I, we saw a lot of potential there. We haven't gotten a pro tablet, um, but, you know, we like the, the hardware, how fast it, it, it and responsive it is. And the keyboard is awesome. Yeah, yeah. The keyboard's great, and the, the phones are, are, are really nice as well. I mean, I think, you know, if Microsoft can pull it off, you know, with the whole... Uh, basically seamless integration across all of their platforms. I think it's going to work out really well for them. And I still have potential. Yeah, we'll definitely probably push to the Windows um, 8 um, store as well okay. and, um, if, we, if we do PC. And, um, and there's no reason why we can't. We'll have to just consider um, exactly how we'll, we'll approach that. But um, we can definitely do Windows and even... Shall I dare say? <laughs> I know where you're going. Blackberry. <laughs> is that is the that Blackberry black, uh, with the Windows 8? No, I said Jonathan's got the Windows 8. Yeah, I mean, I've got Windows 8 on my computer, unfortunately, but Jonathan's actually got. A... Yeah, I've I've got Windows. Okay. Are you in Xbox One? Um, I yeah. honestly, with the the computer right. that I have, I, I it has nothing to do with their DRM. It's just I don't know if I want to get a new console. Because the main thing I use my console for right now is Netflix, and I don't think Netflix is going to be that much better. <laughs> so until both Sony and Microsoft come out with a game that I have to get on their console, uh, they're, they're, 
gonna be waiting for me to buy it. So, uh, what, but yeah, I love my Windows Phone. So. What 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 type of games are you guys playing now? Um, I I'm playing The Witcher two for like the twelfth time. Um, I don't know what Brian's playing. <laughs> uh, actually, I just got I just got done playing um, Company Heroes two. Um, I did a review for that up on our site. Uh, man, I'm uh, playing Iron Galaxies. Um, their update, their HD update of the uh, Dungeons and Dragons arcade game, uh, Tower of Doom, and uh, I think what is it like Crystals of Mysteria or something like that. Um, I got, I've got I've got my hands all over the place, and I'm, I'm a huge Batman fan, so I've always got Arkham City ready to ready to boot up and Challenge Rooms ready to play. Well, I think we've been yeah. playing a lot of LOL around here and uh, some Kingdom Rush. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, well, so uh, yeah. Brian, we are getting to the end of this interview. I like to end things kind of the way they end things on the actors uh, inside the actor's studio with uh, James Lipton. As I have a little questionnaire. I call it the lightning round. Um, <laughs> it's six questions. Um, they're not very hard, but they are video game related. So I'm glad that at least, you know, that you guys are gamers. Uh, we had an interview recently where we actually <laughs> called somebody out on not being a gamer and designing games. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but here we go. All right. Question number one. Um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Who's your favorite good guy? Or anti-hero? Oh my gosh. That's and, good... and each of you have to answer. That, okay, well, that, for me, that kind of goes back, way back to um, my favorite game, which is Ultima 2. So it's the character you play there. Yeah, the Avatar. I think, I think yeah. The Avatar. The Avatar. Okay. He's, he doesn't have a name. Yeah. Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, I, I like Minx. From uh, from Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. Okay, cool. I'm gonna. Yeah. Yes, okay. Excuse me. To get the eyes, boo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hmm. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna say one of my all-time favorites is uh, uh, Duke from Duke Nukem. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Good one. All right, all right. I'm gonna flip the script on you now. Who's your favorite bad guy? Who's your favorite antagonist? Con from Super Kick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I'll allow it. Done. <laughs> well, my favorite antagonist, anyway, is Darth Vader, and he, <laughs> he appears in a lot of games. So, so sure. I, I, I would counts choose. absolutely. <laughs> in fact, that was, you had that the uh, the very first uh, Force Unleashed. You got to play as Vader in that first level. Yeah, that was fantastic. That's pretty cool. But uh, as, as long as we're going into the movie, but yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say Hal Nine Thousand, but yeah, he's pretty bad. But I, you know, as far as video games, I don't know. I mean, I think usually I have more focus on the good guy, and the bad guy doesn't matter that much to me. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Question number three. Since we have to wait to play Super Kid Cannon, what game on the iOS or mobile platform should we be playing right now? Hmm. What, what game should they be? What game should they be playing? Oh, Kingdom Rush. Rush. Kingdom Rush, yeah, yeah, definitely. Kingdom Rush. Forget right. about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Done. How about Clash of Clans? I play that regularly. All right, all right. We're going to break things down a little bit here. Um, what is your least favorite video game trope? Um, uh, a previous guest mentioned like amnesia, as far as uh, favorite, something that's constantly. Could you repeat the question, please? Sorry. Yeah, your least favorite video game trope. 
like as I said, like somebody previously mentioned, like amnesia. They don't like it when they're you know they start out the game not knowing what's going on, or their person has amnesia and they have to play the whole thing through, not you know, with no past. Like uh, I thought you said these are supposed to be quick questions. <laughs> no, oh no, yeah, yeah, you know. Well, they get more complicated as we go down. That's right. <laughs> okay, so why is Donkey Kong throwing barrels? Okay. Sure. All right, so like starting mechanics. Okay. Can you guys think of other ones? Anything that you guys did in your game um, to specifically address something that you you don't like in video games? Oh wow! Oh yeah! Yeah, everything. (laughs) (laughs) I think you know we always try to have clarity in mind. Uh, You you know the goals needs to be they need to be absolutely clear to the player at all times. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So like I, you know, like there's this. There's this thing I always say in game design is like you really shouldn't have you should have a really good reason for everything, like otherwise it's just fluff and it's, it's working against you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's sometimes occasionally you see that in games, you know, and you're like, well, what was the purpose of that? You know, you ask yourself that question, and we try to avoid that at all costs. I don't know if this answers the question or not, but one of the things we really try to avoid in our game was to have a, a virtual um, game pad. Oh, there you go. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I like that one. Sure. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Yeah. I will absolutely allow that one because I, I can't stand those virtual sticks. Yeah. You never know where your thumbs are. It's always a mystery. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I'm just as much as a kick in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, if for some reason you could no longer make video games, what other profession would you like to try? Well, that, that's yeah, depressing. The hard <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stopping you from making them. I'm just saying, you know, if something happened or if you decided you needed to go do something else, like the doctors from Bioware, one dude's slinging beer around the world now. So. Slinging <laughs> beer sounds kind of cool. Right? I'll go into silence and live in the mountains. Okay. Go monk likes lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think... I. I, I, I just can't really envision that. <laughs> but like, like you know, not, not being about, I mean, even if even if like you know there weren't computers or electronics around, like you know, I think board it, games. Yeah, we'd be making board games. In fact, we used to make those when we were kids. You know, invent yeah. our own uh, board games and RPGs. So, Play lots of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and I'll take it, Ben, in board games, and uh, you know, I'm an yeah. old Dungeons Dragon pro. I'm good with that. So unless like we run out of like all writing utensils and paper. <laughs> <laughs> I get, you know, you know, I can be a professional master. Yeah, you know, I, I think even cavemen, like there were cavemen game designers. You know, they probably use like rocks and pebbles, and you know, like they did simple games, like you know, go and stuff like that. Didn't even take that tough. Yeah, <laughs> and if you lost, you got smashed in the leg with a rock or something. Right? Yeah, it was extreme. Ex- that's extreme gaming. Yeah, leaderboard is up on the cave wall of blood. You know? <laughs> we're, we're actually like in the, in the crunch period right now. But um, we used to have Dungeons and Dragons Fridays. Ah. Yeah, 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 we still play board games. They're yeah. very cool. Yes, are awesome. All right, final question. When you come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad looks over the book of your life, what does he say to you? <laughs> what do you say? 
You guys better get this right or we're going to get looped in with that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> they asked us. <laughs> Quick, Google this. He's our Nintendo Freakazoid. Jeez, man, you're a Nintendo Freakazoid. Someone else. Physically. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the answer? It's a trick question. <laughs> you, you supply the answer. There's no yeah. correct answer. It's just when, when Toad looks at, at what you guys have done, you know, what what is he going to say to you? Is he going to say, good job, or is he going to say, man, well, you really like should have made it a squirrel and not a red panda? Oh, I got you. I yeah. completely misunderstood. I thought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We, you know, we're, we're, we're not that smart. We don't have that kind of trivia. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, actually, that you know that that that's a really good question because we we've asked ourselves that, right? So, would we have the approval of, of uh, Toad or Mario or Nintendo, right? Uh, would we have would we have the approval of uh, the Nintendo fans, the, the the people that played you know those games? And so far. Uh, the answer is yes. We, we've gotten a lot, a lot of feedback because, because you know we didn't want to come off as uh, some sort of like an experience and original, uh, you know, uniqueness and originality to it. And uh, I think we've we've succeeded in that. So I think you would look back and say uh, the force is strong with you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Todd doesn't really say anything, right? He just gets he has a little bubble with some text in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most excellent dudes. That's what you'd probably say. <laughs> Let's go grab a burger. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the cool dudes with the president saying, "Let's go grab a burger." Anyway. Oh, I was, I was kind of going for the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay, but... absolutely. Stay excellent to each other. Let's yeah. stay, stay right there with to each other. <laughs> uh, that's how we should sign off all shows from now on. <laughs> yeah, just get that little. <laughs> Be excellent to each other, something like that. It was excellent. Yeah. Do do it to each other, whatever you do. And, you know, the, the Nintendo crowds—that's a good crowd to get in with because Reggie, that's a scary dude. He's awesome. So, yeah, absolutely awesome. So if you're good with him, you know, at least you got a physical backup there, if not just the the, the reassurance. <laughs> and extra stuff. Um, all right. So what, that's, what, that's the round. Pass the lightning round. Congratulations, guys. Uh, one it. final question. Nothing to do with the lightning round, uh, but if you could just remind us uh, where and when we will be able to play Super Kid Cannon. Uh, where depends on you. Uh, where? On what devices we'll be uh, able <laughs> to play Super Kid I don't think you're more like on a toilet, you know. But, um, hey, that's where all mobile iOS, games are iOS, All iOS and Android devices, and hopefully, you know, many more. Yeah, all Android and iOS tablets and smartphones, and um, hopefully Windows and possibly BB10, and um, <laughs> we'll consider PC. But definitely all iOS and Android devices, and look for it uh, this last quarter of this year. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Really enjoyed our talk, and be excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Brian. Thank, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jonathan. Be excellent. Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. You guys rock. Thanks, man.